Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Don't limit the spirit of wisdom in your life to just spiritual things. And you're going to see later, there is no such thing as secular and spiritual for a Christian. Every part of our life is spiritual. It's all lived for God. In the old days when I was in hospital pharmacy, when I would hire somebody, I would pray about that decision. Really had nothing to do with the church, didn't have anything to do with anything, but it was a decision in my life that I wanted the right person in the department. For generations, Christians have been told, mainly by people outside the church, but even by some inside the church, that they're to leave their Christianity at home. Don't bring that religious stuff to the workplace. The problem with this attitude is that it's not what God planned for those who follow him. Pastor Mark's teaching today will illustrate how God used people in all different kinds of positions in the Old Testament to get his work done. The thing they had in common was being used by the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 41 as he continues his series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. We'll be doing a little traveling all through the Old Testament a little bit into the new, but mostly the old. And here's three things we learn. We learn the ABCs of the Holy Spirit. A, the Holy Spirit is a person. B, the Holy Spirit is a divine person. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not an essence. He's a person. And he's a divine person. He's actually God. And see, the Holy Spirit is God and part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The three very distinct persons that make up the Godhead. And they're all equal in every way, co-equal, co-eternal, co-powerful. Now, we want to talk, because it's good for you to see that from the very beginning of time, the Holy Spirit, being God, was active in the world at creation. We talked about that. We won't review it. But I want to take you through just a quick little trip of the Old Testament, different little snapshots of people, to see the varied way that the Holy Spirit worked in the Old Testament. Now, as we do that, remember, in the Old Testament, basically, the Holy Spirit came on selected individuals and equipped them usually for a special kind of service. When we get to the New Testament at Pentecost, 
That changes. The Holy Spirit is available to every single believer. And of course, that salvation comes in that believer and resides there. And then as we allow the Spirit to fill us, He comes upon those who will submit to that filling. Well, let me show you how this would be. Let's say this was a gathering of the Jews in the Old Testament, and they were all together in one place. We have to have our token man that's going to be filled with the Spirit, and I have a real Jewish man that's going to stand for me right now, even though he doesn't know it, and that's Steve. And Steve is a completed Jew, whatever you want to call him, Messianic Jew, loves the Lord, he and his wife Shelley, and Steve, in the Old Testament, this would be a symbolic. In this meeting of Jews who love God, and sometimes this would be actually a greater percentage, but in all of you, there'd only be one person, Steve, who would have the Holy Spirit on him, in him, equipping him, empowering him. None of you would have that privilege. None. And that's why leadership was so important in the Old Testament. Thank you so much, Steve. By the way, he's a New Testament believer with the Spirit. Hallelujah. So understand how privileged we are. We forget that. And yet, that was God's plan. That's the way he did it. And as we go through, we'll see selected individuals. And you can do a study yourself of the relationship of the Holy Spirit to these Old Testament believers. Now, most often, when the Holy Spirit anointed a person, they were a leader, or a prophet, or a priest. And that enabled them to have special access to God, and of course, the ability to do what God called them to do. There were times that God used people that were not in that kind of category, but specifically, there's 16 cases where it's very clear of leaders in the Old Testament that had that special anointing filling so that they could accomplish what God gave them to do. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 41. I love the story of Joseph. And you remember all the bad things that happened to Joseph, but eventually God would turn it around for good. Joseph being an honest man, sold into slavery, ends up in Egypt, ends up working for Pharaoh and Potiphar, and God just does some amazing things. Well, toward the end of Joseph's life, he began to interpret a dream for the king, Pharaoh. And as he's brought before Pharaoh, we'll skip down to verse 38, he says to Pharaoh, oh, I can interpret your dream for you. But really, the insight of the dream isn't mine. I'm not a self-made man. The insight comes from God. And then he revealed to Pharaoh in this incredible dream what lay ahead. A famine would come. But God then gave Joseph this outline of wise management, how he could protect Egypt during all of this famine. And he went through, you remember, if you haven't, go back and read it. It's really interesting. Went through all this plan how Egypt could be protected. Now, 
as a result of that, Pharaoh, when he sees this, first of all, the interpretation of the dream, and then he sees the plan, even he notices something special about Joseph. And in verse 38, we see what that is. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God. So God gave the Holy Spirit to Joseph so that he could function effectively in a pagan country as a member of Pharaoh's cabinet. And actually, by saving this pagan nation, he saved the nation of Israel because they had to come when there was nothing in Israel. And of course, that's how we got them being there for the 400 years of bondage and so forth. So see, God behind the scenes, always working, Joseph being this incredible young man, older now, key filled with the Spirit of God. First thing to write, God fills us with his Spirit to enable us to be effective in all areas of life. Don't limit the spirit of wisdom in your life to just spiritual things. And you're going to see later, there is no such thing as secular and spiritual for a Christian. Every part of our life is spiritual. It's all lived for God. In the old days when I was in hospital pharmacy, when I would hire somebody, I would pray about that decision. Really had nothing to do with the church, didn't have anything to do with anything, but... It was a decision in my life that I wanted the right person in the department. And so God gives us wisdom. He can give us insight. So as you're approaching all the aspects of your life, here Joseph gets wisdom to provide for seven years of this and seven years of this and save all these pagan lives. He doesn't understand that Israel is going to come and he's going to save Israel. It looks from the outside as if it isn't spiritual. Now, the Holy Spirit is active in our life in every way, shape, and form. Make sure that you don't limit that to a church setting. Now, Exodus chapter 31. To develop that further, this is an interesting passage that we would really look at as not being spiritual. But again, one of my points is that everything is Exodus 31, and if some of you go, like, are we going to go through the Old Testament? The answer is, yes, good. You say, is that helpful for me? Yes, some of those pages in your Bible never been turned there before. It's very good, it's very good. Exodus 31, verse 1 through 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Belzeel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, knowledge, in all kind of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze 
to cut and set stone, to work in wood, to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab, son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded you. Now, you know where Sears got the name of their tools. A little slow, but you're getting there. Craftsman tools. All right. What do, you, what do you see that's interesting there? I see what's amazing is he picks these craftsmen that are artistic, work with metals, all kinds of things. By the way, I am not anointed like that. How many of you are not anointed like that at all? Good. Hopefully you married someone that is. My wife is the person. She get in there. We put these new lights up in the bathroom and did all these stuff. She's in there wiring and getting all straight and whatever, get it all done. She needs me to hold it up when we can twist it in. That's about it. And I had to get a ladder to do that because I'm short anyway, so it's all right. You should have seen this. Two people on a ladder trying to do whatever. Well, I have the spirit of wisdom. I know not to do that. Because there might be another casket somewhere with me putting wires to get not a chance. So, but isn't it amazing? You would look at this and go, this this isn't spiritual. Well, it was for the temple, number one, but it didn't even have to be for the temple. So two things I want you to write. And again, just kind of a reminder to us. Number one, everything we do in life is really spiritual. Everything. And second, God empowers us, really, to serve other people. That's what these people were doing. They were making the tabernacle furniture. They were making the garments. And the Spirit of God equipped them to do that. We have those kind of people in this church that use their skill. Tim in our department does you know, all these things for all the whatever, and then we have many of you as volunteers, you know, Jack and lots of other people that have these abilities to organize and put it together and use their talents and gifts for the Lord. So don't minimize those kind of things. God specifically says, I filled them with my spirit. He didn't just gift them to be able to do that. He filled them with wisdom to be able to use the gift that he had already given them in a practical way. Now, turn to Numbers chapter 11. The children of Israel, very much like you, very much like me. I wish I didn't have to say that. When we see them, we kind of have a reflection of our face. In this passage... Just before we get into it, the children of Israel have been complaining about the food that God had provided. They wanted meat, and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Oh, they got meat, but God did not take them back to Egypt. Verse 10, chapter 11, verse 10. Moses heard the people of every family wailing, each at the entrance to his tent. Now picture that. How would you like to be Moses? 
There's not enough antidepressives in the world to solve this. And the Lord became, notice who becomes, the Lord became exceedingly angry. And Moses was troubled. And he asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? Why have, what have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive, man, he really goes off the deep end. Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised an oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. We need a country western song right about now. (laughs) Some of you that are gifted could write one. We'd have a lot of fun with it. But if I found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. So here's Moses. He has the spirit in him. I think this is very important. But Moses, even though he has a spirit in him, is trying to live his life in his own human energy. That should speak volumes to all of us. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit in you. If you're a Spirit-filled Christian, you have the power of the Spirit residing in you. But we're human. That's why we need to be filled and filled and filled again. Because if I'm not, I'm then trying to do the things God places in front of me, impossible to do in the natural I'm trying to do them by myself. So here's this great leader. By the way, if you're a teacher or a pastor or a small group leader or even a parent, and you're trying to do this as these guys head to Managua, do you think they're going to be able to accomplish in Managua what they will in their human strength? Not a chance. This is not a Peace Corps deal. The minute they land, there's spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual thing because we're trying to change the lives of people. So Moses... It's a good picture for us because Moses is a tremendous man, no greater prophet. And yet here he is, discouraged, depressed. The reason he is, he's relying on his own strength. Having begun in the spirit, do we have to go back to the flesh and try to get it done? So maybe you're here and maybe as you look at this, you just change the wording, but your feeling's the same. You need to be filled with the spirit again. You need to have the Spirit of God lift that burden from you so that you don't try to do life by yourself. So I want you to write this, and some of you maybe use this as your devotion tomorrow morning. God never designed us to live in our own human energy, but in His power. You see that for you and I, that determines how we face each day. I've heard Pastor Chuck say many times, and I think it's very appropriate. When I heard him first say it maybe 20-some years ago in some of his teachings, I didn't really understand it, but I do understand it now, being a pastor for all these years. 
and take this rightly, in the ministry, there really should not be ministry burnout. If you're teaching a Sunday school class, if you're ushering, if you're a greeter, some ministry that God's given you, home group leader, we can get tired, but you should never get burned out. If you are burned out, two things. One, you're not in the place where you should be. You're trying to do something that you're not gifted to do by God. Or number two, you've left the spirit and you're back to your own flesh. Now, as many times I get tired because of all the things going on. This is a hugely busy week for me. But I'm not burned out. I would be burned out if I tried to do it on my own strength. I know well enough not to try to do that. Stand before all those people, my own strength and wisdom? you got to be kidding me. So be careful in ministry. If we're in the right area of ministry, there's no such thing as a burden. Oh, there's concern. There is the weight of the ministry. Yes, but that's not burnout. And that's what really Moses had. That's what Elijah ended up with. And God had to deal with him. We're human. But when you see people... Moving out of ministry, I just got to take a two-year sabbatical. Something, to me, isn't correct. They've moved out of either their gifting or they're moving into a place where they haven't relied on the Spirit. Look at verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of the meeting that they may stand there with you. And I will come down and speak with you there. You talk about a personal God. Whoo, hallelujah. And I will take of the spirit that is on you, Moses, and put the spirit on them. And they will help you carry. Now God's a realist. Notice the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. So God's solution to this problem is to say, Moses, and this is a great example in the church, Moses, you can't do this alone. You're only one man. You can't handle it. So give me 70 of the elders and I'm going to put the spirits on you. I'm going to transfer some of your spirit, which is the spirit of God unlimited, onto these 70. And you're then going to be able to minister to the masses of people. If there's people, there's problems. You know that because you are one. If there's people, there's problems. And so the burden of the people can be spread. Delegation is the key. Principle you want to write. Very important. We need co-laborers that are also filled with the Spirit. Let me give you an example. This is minor compared to Moses. Can you imagine me trying to counsel everybody in this church? Well, number one, there's not enough hours in the day. Number two, I'm not talented to do that. Number three, if I did that, I don't know who would be up here teaching because I wouldn't have any time to study. And so we have delegated much of counseling to lots of different people. 
In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he talked about how the Holy Spirit works in the life of the Christ follower. You got to hear about Joseph and Moses. You heard how God, the Holy Spirit, used these two men to accomplish his plans for the nation of Israel. You also found out that your willingness to be used comes into play as well. God's not going to bully you into obeying him. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the second section of the series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. You'll hear more about the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of Moses. You'll also be introduced to the story of Samson and how God used him. Pastor Mark will also use Moses and Samson's lives to show the danger of trying to do God's work with your own power. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have-